Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri Marketing in Morton, Illinois. And Chip is a is a moving iron podcast regular. He's been on here since almost the beginning. So Chip, how you been, man? Hey, pretty good. Trying to stay warm. We got a a winter blast here, second shot of snow, um, you know, by the eleventh of November. So it's a it's a little bit early for this stuff here, but uh, it's a balmy seven degrees right now. Yep. Yeah, so we, maybe it'll uh, firm up some of the soil at least because it's a little little soupy out there. Yeah, we had that cold blast move through here yesterday, so it was one one degree when I woke up in the morning, and we had about inch of snow, and it stayed about nineteen degrees all day, which didn't get anybody back in the field after they'd had a the corn just got dried down enough, I think, for a lot of the guys to get going. So now they got to wait a little bit to get the snow off off the field. So it's uh, it's been a crazy. Sp- fall i guess it's not winter yet but it's we've had about four or five snows out here already and and some pretty cold weather not just like 30 degrees but we've had single digits and teens about two or three times now um for daytime highs so it's uh it's it's shaping up to be a uh if this keeps the same pattern it's going to be a fairly cool uh cool winter yeah uh hopefully the weather forecasters are wrong but uh, yeah it has been a a fall to forget for sure a lot of crops still in the field yep. and um a long way to go on this thing and the weather's not cooperating and now we got a propane shortage and you yep. know that's affecting things uh, in a lot of areas creeping over here to the eastern corn belt now and uh, it's just an overall bad situation and it's a it's a year the farmer just wants to get over with from start to finish it was just disastrous and um you know we're still grinding in purgatory here without a trade deal hopefully that's coming uh these most recent usa reports um you know we're i guess uh didn't do enough to spark the markets and so we're just left um in limbo here and it's a bad place to be and it doesn't help the the attitude out there uh any they did cut corn yields but you know, reduced demand, almost uh, an equal amount. So we got 60 more days of this back and forth. Are they going to cut yields more? Are they going to cut acres? Um, and uh, and no one no one knows. So it's shaping up to be uh, kind of a long winter in here. Yeah, so it's uh, <clears throat> a lot of new stories out there. I was going to hit you up on the, on the propane thing, and that is a uh, – it's not a supply thing. It's, it's a supply chain thing, and they're just having a big issue – getting the amount of propane they need this early in the year to where they need. Usually they're building up stocks so they can backfill throughout the winter, and all of a sudden you get these cold blasts and everything else and late harvests on top of all the other stuff going on to dry down corn. Now we're just kind of running out. So, I mean, I guess is that that's really kind of shaping up to be a big deal. It's going to be a bigger problem than what I think even a week or two ago when the story came out. Yeah, it really, it really is, and um, I think that at least there's some government officials, uh, you know, looking into it. You always question. It's not like uh, 
you know, this jumped out, out of nowhere, um, you know, when you have uh, 40, 50 million acres of corn and, and beans, or corn for that matter, uh, probably 30 million acres of corn, at least, planted in June, uh, you'd think you'd have some time and, and understand, hey, this is going to be probably a wet uh, a, a wet crop, right? And yeah. uh, so they had to, four or five months to kind of figure this thing out. Supposedly, it's, uh, it's supply chain logistics. Um, you know, you basically uh, not quite doubled the price of of propane in, in about, you know, from spring to fall. Uh, so there is a, an increased demand uh, for sure, because a lot of this corn that was uh, late, the latest corn got frosted and it's just not going to dry it out much more, uh, no matter what. So uh, it is taking more to dry it. And uh, it's just an unfortunate situation. Just another, you know, another headache that's out there in this year of, you know, never ending headaches, I guess. Right. So let's jump down and talk about Brazil for a second. There are um, they've had a fairly dry start to their uh, to their growing season here. Uh, their I guess their spring growing season they're having down there right now. Um, they've talked about you know they've gotten some rains here late, but they still need a little bit more than what they've what they've gotten. So I mean overall you're looking at some some opportunities in Brazil and in Argentina both with the issues they're having there where it's awful, it's wet and cool in the areas where they're growing soybeans. But it uh, looks like Argentina has uh, has lowered their soybean estimate um, from what they had started with. So there's some opportunities there. It looks like the market's to make some moves, but it seems like the market only wants to go down. There's not a lot of reasons for yeah. it. No matter what the reasons are, there's, there's not a good reason, I guess, for it to go up. So talk about what you see happening down in South America. Yeah, they started off um, in not the best shape, and and here over the last five six weeks, it seems like things are getting a little bit better. Uh, you just don't hear a whole lot, so there's no major problems. There's a couple little pockets in Brazil that are that are too dry, uh, but overall, Brazil, Argentina, I think they're off to an okay start. And uh, you know, the next uh, sixty to seventy five days is going to be pretty important for the growing season. So there's always that risk there. Uh, that production risk in the southern hemisphere. So I don't know that the bottom's going to fall to these markets, but there's just no spark there. There was no spark in the uh, in the in the USDA report this past Friday. They left bean yields unchanged. They actually bumped demand um, uh, lower by 15 million bushels, and uh, so the carryout actually went up. A lot of people were thinking that you know you can maybe put a three in front of the carryout, and I think we're at 475. So there's, like you said, you mentioned earlier, there's just no reason for the market to go higher right now. There's no major problems that are popping up uh, in Brazil. Um, you know, this China thing, uh, we still have no answers on. And in that environment, the market's not going to go up. We're going to go sideways to lower. And uh, unfortunately, you know, that's the, the mode we're in. That's the mode we've been in for a while. Um, you know, I do think on uh, a podcast here, maybe three or four weeks ago, we talked about the fact that we did have a rally in beans. You know, we rallied about a dollar off the lows and uh, may not quite have been uh, as high as we wanted, but it, it, it was an opportunity to, you know, get some sales made and the basis has gotten a little bit better. But until you see a flare up in South America uh, or some sort of a final trade agreement with quantities uh, to give the market some certainty, it's just going to be hard for the market uh, to do much other than just grind sideways in this kind of sloppy range. So unfortunately, there's 
there's no big bullish spark out there, but next 75 days are important from the standpoint of South America's uh, production. They're kind of getting into, you know, most of that crop is planted down there. And, um, you know, it's, it's an important 60 days ahead of us. Um, so that's always going to be there until you, uh, you know, kind of get past that window of, of danger with their crop. Yep. Looks like Ukraine has come up with a, a pretty a record crop here. They're, they're looking like they're going to go out and plant a lot more wheat than they have in the past. Um, that's going to have an effect on the uh, on the wheat market that we see now, um, with especially with with the amount of stuff that we've got going on in the U.S. And then, I mean, I guess if you take a look at what you see happening in Australia and, and other Black Sea regions, um, they haven't necessarily had the best growing cycle, but the Ukrainian um, wheat market looks like it's a record large crop. So I guess talk about the wheat market and its kind of ebbs and flows that we've seen here over the over the course of this year. Yeah, that's that's kind of a a moving target there. There's some pretty good um, demand right now, and and a lot of wheat business getting done in the world. Uh, you, you mentioned a little bit of a of a shortfall in the Australian crop, but you know that was kind of picked up, um, you know, by that record Black Sea Ukraine crop. They had a pretty good uh, crop on a lot of acres, and uh, that's kind of picked up the cushion a little bit. We're still priced. Uh, we're doing some business, um, but worldwide, we're still priced um, a little bit high in the world market right now. And so that's been the problem in the wheat market for a long, long time is just an oversupply of plenty of stocks in the world. Now, it's not quite as burdensome as it was two, three years ago, but um, still, there's pretty ample supplies of, of wheat in the world. That's one thing that's kind of hung over the corn market a little bit, too, is, you know, plenty of, uh, of substitute uh, feed grains out there uh, in the world, and you know, spill over. They had they had uh, a pretty decent crop of corn in that Black Sea and and uh, you know Ukraine Russia area as well, and that's been competing uh, with our corn, and that's why our exports haven't. Uh, part of the reason our exports um, have been a little bit anemic here. So that's that's the problem in the corn and the wheat market is um, you know pretty big supply in the world. We're not the cheapest source. And it shows in our exports here over the last uh, several months in corn and wheat both. Yep. Okay, so let's jump, let's talk over um, a little bit here on the Chinese pork. Uh, their prices have in, in country have come down a little bit, and you don't. It's hard to, to say what what's causing that. I mean, they have they can't bring enough pork in, and but yet their prices are coming down domestically. I don't get how that works, but um, the overall U.S. pork um, market has just not been able to, to catch up. I mean, it has catched a few ways here and there, and they've had some updates, but they're still getting kicked around pretty hard for the stuff that's going on in the world when it comes to um, the overall AF, you know, the African swine fever and, and, and how that's affecting the exports of U.S. products. And, and you would think that there'd be some level of rebound there, but you're not seeing that. So talk about the pork market we see happen there. Yeah, that's that's been a real struggle. Um you know, there's been some decent purchases of U.S. Uh, pork by China, but just not the massive amounts that the market had hoped. Um, you know, one thing is it's kind of a tale of two markets here in the in the front end. The December um, lean hog contract, it's kind of stuck in the mid 60s. Um, the, the cash market just can't uh, get up and go. We've uh, we're producing a lot of hogs and we're feeding them heavy. And that's creating a lot of supply in the in the very short run here, right out in front of us. You look out there um, in the summer months, 
you know, July, the June, July, August contracts in, in hogs, and they're uh, 30 bucks above, uh, roughly, not quite, 25, 28 bucks um, above where the December contract is. So there's a lot of that business built in out there. Uh, there's no question that pork is going to be um, a big part of this phase one trade deal if they ever get it done. And, you know, but until it is done, um, you know, the market just struggles with uncertainty and big supply at the front end here. So, you know, and, and that's smart on China's part. They know they need pork. Why not um, wait and have that be a big chunk of this phase one agreement and, and take massive amounts, um, you know, as part of that to get the, the numbers up. And um, but until that's done, is it going to get done? And, and when? You know, they've even talked about taking some pork from Canada. And, you know, that's uh, there's been a lot of political and economic uh, issues back and forth from Canada uh, in China. And um, so they're looking for other uh, sources in the world. There are a few other sources. Obviously, I think we have one of the biggest um, supplies available. So they're going to eventually have to come here. It's just been a real struggle for the hog market until there's that certainty it's just like the grain markets now we are just stuck in the mud and unfortunately in the short run we've got plenty of supply and no need for the market uh, to really rally um in, in hogs so there's there's that uh, opportunity out there in the in in the distance uh, but some of that's partially built in and you really have to keep that in the back of your mind here is that it's not many times in uh, recent history or ever you look out there and you know, see 90 plus uh, summer month hogs. And so even if we get some good news out there, you got to be a little bit cautious if you're a hog producer out there because, you know, how far are they going to run? And, and we're going <laughs> to, they're going to have a, a healthy appetite on the demand side, but we've got a lot of supply here too. And that looks to continue uh, for the foreseeable future. We just seem to expand three to 4% indefinitely um, on, in hogs, so we're right. kind of feeling the effects of that right now. Right. All right. So the cattle market has pretty much rebounded from uh, all the lows that they, we hit after that Tyson fire down in Kansas, and um, they've had a nice rebound. And, and it looks like the uh, the overall the Packer situation has been kind of squashed here for a second, I guess, to get everyone kind of calmed down a little bit. But talk about the cattle market and what you see there. There's got to be some opportunity for cattle with this phase one deal if, if they actually ever get together and sign something. Yeah, that's that's probably the bright spot of uh, our whole ag world right now is cattle. Um, had that big scare with the plant fire, like you said. A couple limit down days, big drop. Uh, we've gained all that back and then some. I lost count of where we're at, but probably something like $22, $23 straight up in the cattle market. The cash market trades higher every week, traded another couple bucks higher last week. Um, you know, you know the other shoe to drop, though, right? It never stays great forever. So uh, you are at areas that have to take a, take a look from a producer standpoint and, and say, Yes, it's it's been a great move. Uh, there's maybe reasons we could keep going higher, but uh, we saw what can happen uh, in, in a lot of different things with with propane, with this plant fire we had before. The supply chain um, is uh, you know could throw a, a hiccup there. Uh, a lot of things could throw a hiccup there. A lack of a trade agreement could throw a, a big monkey wrench in things. And you have to wonder, like you said, um, 
you know, what's what's kind of been quiet about this. Obviously, the market's focused on U.S. soybeans, U.S. pork. What's not really talked about is everything else, like ethanol, corn, wheat, and beef. And you gotta you gotta think that a lot of those products, including beef, could be part of this trade package. Are we building some of that in, some of that optimism in? Um, you, you don't know, but certainly there hasn't been many times in history where you know you get a $22, $23 rally straight up. And I mean straight up, no, no corrections. They tried to break it a couple times intraday last week. You know, we were down a buck and then close unchanged to higher. We were down, I don't know, 60, 80 cents yesterday. Early, you look on the close, we're up 60 or 80 cents. So it just is it been a relentless trend higher. But um, I think you got to be a little bit cautious and say, we're not going to go up forever. Um, you know, if we tack another couple, two, three dollars on this week, you're getting into some rare air here where I think as a producer, you have to do something. Even if it's spending a buck and a half, two bucks, on some puts, lock some, you know, some downside in and hope it goes higher. Hope you're wasting that money because uh, they can take this thing away just as quick as they gave it to us. So I, I think that's that's the bright spot. And when the market's up every day, everybody gets it's human nature, right? And emotion, you get optimistic. We're going to 135 cattle. Uh, that life's great. But it doesn't always, the markets usually don't work that way. And I would say the majority, the vast majority uh, of everyone out there is bold up and sees no reason for cattle to break anytime soon. And that's usually about when the market breaks on something that no one has, you know, any inkling of right now. It could be uh, outside financial market related, currency related, just so much interrelated stuff out here. My point is uh, that's the bright spot, but it's not going to go up forever. And I think it's an opportunity staring us in the face to at least do some sort of risk management um, and, and, you know, protect the downside a little bit. Great. Well, that's a great, great segue into my next comment here. So if uh, people want to reach out to you and talk about that plan, you know, here we are at the end of the year and looking at starting out uh, the marketing year for 2020. Here's right around the corner. Guys are in the combine looking at what they've got going on out there and, and that end of year uh, bind is going to start happening. So if folks are looking at a plan or working on a plan or just need some guidance on how to get one going. What's the best way to do that, Chip? Yeah, best way is just give us a call at the office. That uh, that number is 309-550-7213. Uh, now that the uh, snow is starting to fly, it's going to get cold. Um, you know, once harvest wraps up here, which might be a little while in the north, uh, it is a great time of year to do some planning. And it's not just planning. you got you got to have that plan, but you got to execute on it too. So if you're talking about two separate things, we'd love to talk to you. No risk. Give us a call give you some ideas on how uh, you might be able to implement that for your operation. All right. Get that phone number one more time, Chip. Yep. One, three. Sorry, I got a, had a phone call. I cut out. Nine, five, five, zero, seven, two, one, three. I feel like a, an infomercial guy. Nine, Right on, man. All right, Chip. Well, you take care of yourself, and we'll uh, talk to you again next week, man. All right. Have a great week. Moving higher. In the 21st century